0: Good evening. Welcome to State of the Tigers presented by James Carlton State Farm. As you can see on the big banner across your YouTube screen right now, carltoninsurance.net is where you get all the information from James Carlton and his fantastic team in Webster Groves, Missouri. He wants to be your insurance agent. He wants to help out Mizzou's NIL Collective. He really just wants you to call him and talk about Missouri sports, honestly. I mean, he probably wants you to ask him about insurance, too. If you call and get a quote from James, he's going to donate. And by the way, tell him you heard about him on Power Mizzou. He's going to donate $20 to every True Tiger Foundation, Mizzou's NIL Collective. Again, carltoninsurance.net. You can reach him by phone at 314 961 4,800. I know multiple people who use James as their insurance agent. They all speak highly of him, um, so I'm sure you will as well. I'm Gabe DiArmond We are going to bring in Gerard Hamilton, who is here with us every week, and we got to build up to this, man. This is big. Backstage. Now added from the green room we got Sean Williams joining us uh a recruiting expert <laughs> who is apparently cleaning his screen right now. <laughs> so, uh,
1: got to sure, uh, make sure Got to make sure this ugly face looks pretty, okay? As, yeah, you much got to look
0: good. So uh <laughs> we got a three man booth here for uh just a little bit in the uh in the spirit of Monday night football which we're going to get Sean out to see uh kickoff of the Packers and the the Raiders shortly because I <laughs> – who can miss that game? It's a phenomenal. Uh, it could be for the national football league.
1: It could be a conundrumly crazy game. You never know.
0: It, yeah. <laughs> it could be uh, it, it could be disconcerting for both the uh, Packers and the, and the Raiders. I'm going to use that word at least 15 times tonight yeah, in know. the, uh, in the tradition of Mizzou LSU. So invite you guys to uh, put your comments, questions, whatever you got in the, uh, in the queue, we'll get to them. If you've got recruiting questions, hit us up early. Uh, while Sean is here with us, football we'll, we'll get more to later on, but um, guys, I was uh walking around the sidelines at Ferro Field, I don't remember ever seeing that many kids in at a game in Columbia. I mean, I, I think you guys had, had posted on Friday, uh, while I was winging my way across the Atlantic, they were expecting more
1: than 70 kids. Is that right? Yep. That- was the number, yeah. It might have probably ended up being more. Who knows? But yeah, that was the uh, uh, projected number, over 70.
0: So I think unofficially 64 of them were five stars. (laughs) And then then the other six, right? Uh, Isn't isn't that about how it worked out?
1: Well, when you get – look, when Missouri hosts uh, three five-star kids on campus in one weekend, I mean, yeah, I might as well have the recruiting guy on a show and talk about it, right?
0: (laughs) Exactly. So – so, so let's start there, man. You, you talked to, uh, you talked to Jackson Cantwell last night. He is, uh, I saw him in person. He is not as big as his dad, but he is only 16 years old. So <laughs> he's a fairly big kid. Uh, you know, for, for people who haven't read it, the stories on the site, but, uh, if they have, if they're lazy and they just watch us on YouTube or listen on a podcast, uh, where's where's things with uh jackson who at one point had put out a list that didn't really include missouri but that seems to be maybe uh
1: not that important here's the thing i'm recruiting uh whenever this uh, 2026 kid throws out a top list uh i usually don't really <laughs> put much into it to be honest with you um no but because uh, things can change a lot uh, a lot between now and whenever he's gonna sign um but yeah i mean i think he i think missouri actually sits in a good position with him uh, you know, he's been there, uh, you know, talking to him, you know, you kind of realize he's been there three times since last October. He was there for the Vanderbilt game. Uh, he was there in June for a junior day and uh, he came back for this game. So, uh, I think he likes Missouri pretty good. Obviously, you know, he grew up, you know, with his dad, he grew up in Missouri fan. He said he watched Missouri football all the time until, you know, he still watches Missouri football. He said the last two years he's watching other teams because, you know, obviously his recruiting is picking up and he wants to know more about these other teams that are involved. So, um, but yeah, I think he's got a good, uh, good relationship. He said the biggest thing that really, uh, stood out maybe this time around was just kind of getting to talk to the coaches a lot more, especially Eli Drinkwitz. Uh, I got to talk to him a little bit more uh, I got to hang out with, uh, you know, coach Jones and the O-line crew. So he said, you know, that was really cool to kind of see the schemes and everything that Missouri runs. Uh, but yeah, he's a really, uh, really awesome interview, uh, for to be as young as he is. He's super smart, really detailed answers. Uh, he was watching the film of his opponents, uh, for his next game, whenever I caught him and he took time out to c- talk to me. So, I mean, he's, he's learning, um, uh, you know, he says he's relatively new to playing offensive line, So he's trying to learn everything he can and uh, be the best he can be. So, yeah, I mean, I, right now it's, uh, you know, aside from Missouri, he went to, uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska, and Arkansas. So, Maybe that's the school sticking out. He said he might take a couple other visits, but he's not like 100% sure what he's going to do yet. But he's just kind of visiting schools, seeing what, you know, who's going to be a big factor in his recruiting process down the road. So, Yeah, I mean, I don't know, Gerard, from watching this team, they don't need
0: offensive linemen, right? They're, they're good. They're set.
2: I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I mean, the pass blocking has definitely improved since last year. Um, I wrote something the other day that going into the LSU game they were their PFF pass blocking rate at least um, top 15 in the country. So that's a, a major improvement. They're actually third in run blocking, but if you judge and judge and drinks you know comments the last few weeks, that's where the P, the PFF, you know, the numbers are a little bit mm-hmm. out of context. Um, but yeah, they could they still can use some help. We've seen a number of penalties called on on some guys that <laughs> that, that that need to change. Well, and
0: that's because I, I, I mean that's that's where Missouri has is really for a decade in the SEC kind of lagged behind as far as getting the blue chip kids. They've they've gotten some receivers, they've got some four and five star quarterbacks and even defensive linemen, but but they've never really hit that big time offensive lineman. I mean, they got Evan Bain, they got Logan Reichert, um, but you know, they, they've never gotten a kid of uh, of Cantwell status. Receivers now, they've they've got some of those. Um <laughs> And Jeremiah McClellan, Ohio State commit, was at the game. Ryan mm-hmm. Wingo, basically, I think, has his own room somewhere on campus. He just he's visited at least nine or ten times. Uh, both of them were at the game. I've I've got to think that what Luther Burden is doing could not hurt with these two kids.
1: No, not at all. I mean. Uh you know, I think, I don't know if he said it with Clint Wingo, but you know, when I talked to him covering his game last month, I mean, he said, you know, Hey, I want to go to Missouri and see what Luther's doing up to him and how they're kind of u- going to utilize him in the offense and see how that goes. So, I mean, uh, he's leading the nation in almost every receiving category right now. So, uh, yeah, that's a good thing, man. I mean, when you see the offense putting up points and your wide receiver, that's from St. Louis, it's a five-star, uh, you know, that, uh, he's, uh, you know, kind of getting some a little bit of Heisman buzz right now. I mean that's that's always a good thing, you know. So I think uh I think Kirby Moore is kind of impressing uh the wide receivers right now. We'll see where that goes. But I mean with Wingo, I know, you know, you know, obviously it was another Missouri visit. He was in, you know, he was at the dome for the Memphis game. So that's his second Missouri game he's been to this year. Uh so yeah, things are looking good there. It seems to be like still that Texas, Missouri recruiting battle. We'll see what happens at the end. He'll probably take some other visits. I know Colorado was on the docket at one point and that got canceled. Maybe it comes back. He's mentioned Miami or Penn state as possible visits as well down the road. So we'll kind of see what happens, but looks like he's sticking to that December 20th commitment date for now.
0: And he just strikes me as a kid that like he's done enough of these interviews. He he always returns messages and calls. He'll talk to anybody. Yeah. But like, he's not going to say a lot, guys. No. We're, we're going to have to wait. <laughs> I mean, it's Missouri, it's Texas, and he's going to make a decision when he makes a decision. We don't know yeah. what it is. Um,
1: yeah, man. like the biggest update was kind of hearing his comments on Kirby Moore and the offense, you know, and really the rest of the update was kind of the same stuff he's always said. You know, he's keeping stuff close to the vest, he's not going to reveal a whole lot right now. So.
0: It, the big one, uh, at least kind of newsworthy-wise, I think is Jeremiah McClellan at least taking the visit. We we all kind of postulated back when he committed to Ohio State, hey, this is a – like it may stick. It's Ohio State. Ohio State's a hell of a program. They've, they've obviously got really good receivers uh, in the last few years. But it seemed to most people kind of like it was a, hey, if I want to have a spot there, I better get that spot now. And then – You know, we'll we'll see what happens the next few months. I mean, I I don't think any of us have talked to McClellan yet, but is that kind of the, the feel you get is like, hey, he's got a spot at Ohio State, and so they're the leaders, but the other teams aren't dead here.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to him last month, uh, you know, when him and Wingo's teams played each other. And, yeah, he mentioned, you know, I, I said, hey, are you going to take any other visits? And he was pretty uh, pretty upfront about it. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go to Oregon. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, I, I may go to Colorado. I'm probably going to go to Missouri at some point. So uh, he was wearing Oregon gloves and Ohio State uh, shoes or cleats at the, at the game. So, well, you know, well,
0: how's that work, man? He can't go both places.
1: I mean, you got to rep, dude. You, you, know, you, can't
0: wa- you can't wear gloves or shoes of a team that you're not committed to, can you? <laughs>
1: well, that depends on who you ask <laughs> and which site you actually ask that question to. <laughs> okay, okay. I just didn't know that was allowed. I didn't. Know well, that that some was. sites, some sites kind of play by their own rules. It's like a known separate country, you know. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have their own set of rules and standards. So us, we just kind of, you know we just kind of report the news. So that's how it goes. Yeah. But, but <laughs> yeah. So, so look, Missouri's got a shot there and we don't,
0: we don't know how good right now, but yeah, um, he went all, to, all three uh, of those guys being on campus is, is big news.
1: With McClellan, he's, you know, he went to Oregon. So, you know, that's a school to kind of watch out for. And, you know, obviously Missouri being here and, you know, he's hanging out with Wingo and he's hanging out with Nwarnie. So, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, look, Missouri, if, you know, I know they lost to LSU, but do they keep stacking up wins and uh, the offense keeps looking good? I mean, that's probably going to be good things for the future for them. So, Keep bringing in that James
0: Carlton NIL money, and uh, you <laughs> never know what's going to happen. Uh, we did did have uh, Ted wanted to know, is williams Winery still a firm commit? I mean, he was in town last weekend.
1: That's the um, – yeah, there's – yeah, the LSU game will be his second game he's been to. He's at the Middle Tennessee game. So, yeah, I mean, it, everything seems cool with, with, with warranty right now. So
0: Yeah, and my, my guess is he's already probably cashed a couple checks. I mean, that, that was kind of <laughs> how that thing worked, right? September 1st, that was I, – I mean, we don't know that yet because we don't have any way to find out what he signed or anything. But um, might, it certainly would would seem that way, and, and that he, can't hurt. He might have his own line of gloves right now he should man he should yeah i here's what i hope i hope that kid like i'm disappointed that we haven't had people covering every game if i was him i would legitimately like wear... i would show up at k state gloves one night i would show <laughs> up in eastern Michigan gloves
1: ohio university gloves yeah represent the g5 programs man give them a shot <laughs> <laughs> so um all right so
0: outside of the three the three five stars in Actually, I guess it's four when you throw uh, Will being at the game as well. But outside of those guys, uh, do we know kind of who the headliners were or who some of the, the other big names were? Because I, it, there was a lot of traffic. I was a little later getting to the game than usual, and so it was kind of hard to see some of the kids.
1: Yeah, we couldn't really quite depend on Gabe, you know, because he was jet-lagged from his trip, you know, to the Rum It was not jet-lagged. I just,
0: was, <laughs> I, I just wasn't early.
1: No, um, really the headliners, I mean, in terms of 2024s, I mean, you know, we talk about – you guys were talking about offensive line and and that being an issue. Obviously, that's a big need for Missouri in the 24 class. And, you know, they had a couple on campus. They had Dominic Stewart, the current Troy commit. Uh, He was on campus for an unofficial visit. Just talk to him. I'm going to post a story on him tomorrow. But he's kind of doing his due diligence. He committed to Troy during the summer, um, you know, and then all of a sudden his – first three games of film popped up and everybody you started getting power five offers so now like UCF Cincinnati Georgia Tech uh, he's going to take his first official to East Carolina this week but he's going to kind of he's taking uh, unofficial visits to UCF and Georgia Tech he's going to take officials to all those schools as well he's going to take another he's going to take an official to Missouri again so he'll be back on campus he's going to wait and make a decision in December he says so that's a guy to keep an eye on, and then they, you had uh, Caleb Power Powerform. I hope I'm saying that name right, but he's a long time. He was a long time Illinois commit. He committed to Illinois back in the summer. Uh, he's from Nebraska uh, Omaha, so he actually just uh, was on campus as well over the weekend, and surprisingly enough, decommitted from Illinois last night. So that's somebody to keep an eye on, and he. He told uh, Adam Gorney, our national recruiting analyst at Missouri, was the team that's recruiting him the hardest right now. So I don't know if he's going to take other visits to other schools. Uh, during the summer, he also, t- along with Illinois, he also took officials to uh, Nebraska and Minnesota as well. So I don't know if any of those schools are involved or going to try to get him on campus. But right now, it seems like Missouri's in the driver's seat for him. So there's two offensive linemen that were on campus over the weekend. And those are two to keep an eye on for Missouri as well.
0: Well, I think the biggest deal, like I remember, there's been a lot of years where Missouri didn't bring a lot of kids in during the season because, frankly, they didn't have the atmosphere and the crowd that was going to impress them. I mean, Gerard, that was that was an atmosphere really from the start of that game that I've got to think kids walk away thinking, hey, that was pretty big time.
2: Yeah, that was something Drake was asking all week, you know, during Tiger Talk, during his media day appearance. Just, you know, it's going to be a sellout, but he was asking fans, can you get to the stadium early kind of create that home field advantage, like feeling pregame warmup specifically. Um, And and we saw that. Yeah, when I went down to the field, there wasn't really any walking room, you know, right around the field. It was pretty bottled up everywhere except, you know, the the tunnel, which you obviously can't be in. So, yeah, that was as many people as I've seen. And it truly looked packed. There was maybe a couple, you know, spots at the very top of the stadium where he was just like, there's little holes. But, yeah, that was a true sellout game. Well, the
0: reason there wasn't anywhere to walk is they covered up the track. We don't know where to walk anymore. I can't even figure out where I am on the field anymore.
1: You can't, uh, you can't test your uh, hundred meter times anymore. Exactly. Pre-game. I, can't,
0: <laughs> I can't ride the fire truck around with Truman before the game or anything. So, uh, yeah, but, um,
1: no, You'd, so uh, Sean, will go uh, ahead. I was going to chime in, you know, Gerard talking about the atmosphere and yeah, I've talked to some 2025 kids that were there and, and uh, their, their targets, and yeah, they mentioned the atmosphere right off the bat. I mean, I think that was a, that was a really good showing by Missouri uh, to have that type of atmosphere for that type of game. And, you know, despite the loss, I mean, they still, I mean, they could have won that game, you know, and they kind of showed that they, you know, might maybe they belong in the upper echelon of the SEC. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. But uh, it was a, definitely a good showing by them. in mean, atmosphere and uh, competitive-wise as well.
0: So, Sean, we'll, we'll get you out of here on this. I mean, we don't really expect – there's nothing imminent. We're not expecting any any big moves, especially with these big-name kids, are we, right now?
1: uh, Yeah, I mean, you're talking about five stars. No, McClellan – I mean, McClellan, I don't know. You never know. He's kind of – I guess McClellan's probably the wild card. You never know what happened with him, but he, he'll probably wait till a little bit later this year, I would assume. Uh, Wingo's sticking to that December 20th date. Uh, the offensive lineman are probably one to keep an eye on. I mean, I, I told you Stewart's going to wait till December, but pie form, I don't know. He just decommitted from Illinois. So I don't know. He was just at Missouri. He might be one to watch in terms of, you know, Missouri getting him. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it. Of course, you know, Missouri's offered some guys that are committed elsewhere. You know, recently we've mentioned some of those on the board, uh, but I don't know if anything imminent's going to, you know, happen with any of those guys anytime soon but uh yeah it's kind of you know people say you know we talk about it on the board like it's flip season because Missouri's offered Missouri's offered some you know players that are committed to other schools recently but you know you look at uh, Missouri's commitments right now you know you got Elias Williams the defensive end out of Florida he's probably going to take a visit to Alabama I think he might have set that up I don't know what the date is but obviously, he's picked up offers since he committed to Missouri. Jalen Brown, kid, the defensive end from Alabama, he's picked up uh, some new offers. I think LSU was one of his recent offers, so he might check out LSU and some other programs. Kind of a late bloomer, kid. So, you know, it's flip season. Missouri's trying to flip kids, but uh, other schools are trying to flip kids from Missouri as well.
0: Well, the the only time flip season is cool is when it goes the way of your team. They, 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 they don't like it otherwise. It, you flip have to, season is cool one way, but the other way that just <laughs> means kids got no commitment and principles, man.
1: Cool or uncool, we still gotta you know we still gotta talk facts here, guys. You know, flip season. Oh, yeah. We gotta, Sorry, we gotta. gotta yeah. yeah, we gotta talk about it when it's good. We gotta talk about it when it's bad. So yeah. Cool. All
0: right. Well, Sean, appreciate it, man. Uh appreciate you catching everybody up. And uh I know a lot of stuff coming on the site this week. So we will uh we'll let you run, man. All right, man. See you later. All right. later. Thanks. I'll see you later. Yep. That's uh Sean Williams, our recruiting editor, keeps uh keeps his finger on the pulse of uh of everything. And uh so here here's where we're at. Football wise, Gerard, I gotta go back and find out find this comment now. This is how far we've come in about two and a half weeks. Could drinkwits gets poached if he goes nine and three or ten. Oh, we we hurts. have we have gone from when are we firing drink to who's hiring drink in the span of like three weeks. Welcome, welcome to the world, man.
2: Uh n- I no, I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. First off, still have to get to those that nine and right. three, ten and two. I'm I'm Still, they're at eight and four, but I do think there's a, it's a solid chance to go in nine and three. Um, but poached, ah uh, no, no, I think you got to do a little bit more um, consistently, and you got you got to see some years stack up. You can't go 500 three straight years have one good year because if think about it, uh, who's the Michigan State? I don't know why it's slipping my mind. Mel Tucker, yeah, had one great year led by Kenneth Walker, got ninety five million. Oh. You know other stuff, and and plus he had used used to call some
0: one nine hundred numbers.
2: Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you can't just. I think plenty of uh, teams throughout the nation seen something like that. Even with you know withholding his personal stuff, that like, yeah, he had a great year, but it has to be consistent, and you have to stack it up before you just you know give someone that much money or want to poach them or whatever.
0: And the other thing is to hire Drinkowitz right now. I mean, it costs somebody like twenty five million just to hire. You know, I mean, that's before they actually pay him. Uh, the buyout is is friendly toward Missouri. He, he's making $6 million a year here. The AD has given him virtually everything he could ask for. Uh, SEC jobs and Big Ten jobs are better than other jobs at this point in time. Like, I don't really even know who's going to. But, like, if Virginia fires their coach, that's not a better job than Missouri. You know, uh, uh, so – so I, I don't I don't think it's anything anybody needs to worry about. But hey, it'd be a great problem to have if you get to nine and three or ten and two. It'd, it'd be something nice to worry about, um, you know. So um, yeah, a couple days past the uh, the LSU game, and to me, I don't know, man. That I, I was saying earlier today. In August, I feel like the best case scenario at this point in the season was five and one with a close loss to lSU. like I, I feel like they have they've gotten to the halfway point in the best possible position that we could have expected them to be in.
2: yeah, I feel like I was telling you this maybe during the game or sometime in or around it as just far as like obviously we were thinking four and one, five and zero was you know great scenario, um, best possibility but it's not even that they're 5 and 0 no, it's the the way they've gotten to 5 and 0 no, especially offensively that's what everybody wanted to see that was the change that was that needed to be there they're doing that and then when you look at the LSU loss i mean again it's going to sting for for you guys a lot because you 22 to 7 in the second quarter you know there's plenty of mistakes that kind of contributed to the loss but they were in there into the very end of the game you know the last you know minute two minutes of the game things start to unravel so i think this this has gone better to plan even though we said five and one or whatever it's five and one in the way they did
0: it. yeah and, and uh, this week's interesting because i feel like we talked about before the game last week it was house money like
2: yeah, absolutely it,
0: you didn't really have as long as you like you didn't up, get
2: blown out as long as you didn't get blown out you were good
0: yeah and and so they achieved that and and that was fine but this week is I mean, I feel like if they lose this one, and and I, I I think what goes into it a little bit too is the K-State loss to Oklahoma State. Like K-State losing that game has some people going, like I think if K-State wins that game, Missouri's still ranked in the top 25. But I think because K-State lost the Oklahoma State game, now some people are going, hang on, maybe the win we thought was good, maybe it's not quite as good as we thought. And, and I'm not saying that's right, but I think that's, that's seeping into some people's thinking. So, I think this Kentucky game is is pretty big. Um, I think it'd be the best win of the year. I think it would prove, hey, you know, you're, you didn't suffer any loss of confidence, anything like that. If they lose to Kentucky, I feel like there's going to be some people starting to go, well, hang on, man, did we get a little out of our skis? And I'm not sure that's fair. I think this is a good football team. But I think this is a big game for this team.
2: Trying to think of their remaining schedule. Um if they were to it's lose. Kentucky, Tennessee,
0: South Carolina, Georgia.
2: Georgia. Yeah. Um, I'm just I mean, well, I mean, team, games I think they like they're gonna lose to make the eight and four, I guess. That they've already lost to LSU. So let's say they lost Kentucky, Georgia, um, and Tennessee. I think the games around that are are wins. That'd be Florida, South Carolina, Arkansas, correct? So yeah. I mean, I think this week's game is winnable, um, yep. but over your over your skis, eh, nah, I wouldn't say exactly. As long as you stay at level, if you've instantly went from you know zero to one hundred though, based off the five wins or whatever, and then maybe put in some context in it or didn't think of where you were starting at or what you was originally hoping for, then maybe yeah. But I don't think so. My thing is. Just don't get blown out in these games, though.
0: I I look at the the last six games like this. Every single game on this schedule schedule could be a win, but every single game on the schedule could also be a loss. Like there's no game that I say, I know, I know how that's turning out right now.
2: Well, I get why well, I you mean, say that because the SEC, they're
0: probably losing at Georgia, but like it's not a one hundred percent sure thing. I think they're probably beating South Carolina, but South Carolina could beat them.
2: Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. More so, the Georgia thing. I was thinking about it. Was, as far as their wins. Like I feel like they have three wins in Arkansas, South Carolina, Florida. That I'm pretty good about having them. But you are right, though, in the same sense. Same Florida team that uh, ran all over Tennessee, and yeah. then in Georgia playing Tennessee. Those aren't gaming, but I get what you're saying. It feels a little bit more balanced this year. There's not a an absolute juggernaut or two where you're just like, uh, there's no chance, you know, either way.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so a lot to be determined. Um, Aiden says Mizzou should be seven and one going to Athens. Could be seven and one. Should be. I mean, they're they're a two-point underdog this week.
2: I think they could be still the right word. They should be six and two at the least. <laughs> you find a way to lose, you know, three straight going into the bye. Those expectations y'all got gotta come down. Gotta come down. There, there's no way they should lose to to South Carolina at home, no less. So could be for seven and one. I still think there's a good chance at it, uh, but I wouldn't say should yet. Yeah.
0: yeah. So the the goal is clearly I, I mean, obviously the goals win the next two, but splitting the next two would be fine.
2: Yeah, it would be fine. I don't know. The way I feel about Kentucky, it's just that was a bad loss. And I know everybody's going to say it was Georgia, the number one team. But sometimes when I think about Georgia, how much of their ranking is based off what they've done the last two years and the fact that they just haven't lost yet? Like, in a way, could they ever be removed from number one without losing? No, it wouldn't really make too much sense based off you know their track record the last couple of years. Even if they were winning all their games by one point, but they got dominated and lost by what thirty eight.
0: Yeah, I. But here's here's the way I feel about Georgia. Georgia really only has to show up a couple times a year. Like they can go out and play a C game and win most weeks. And and I I feel I mean I told you this before the game. I felt like this was a game where Georgia goes. All right, we're getting kind of tired of hearing this crap. Let's go prove a point. And they decided to show up and they did what they did.
2: Yeah. I, well, the line was what, minus 14 and a half for that game. Something. I didn't know if they, they was going to cover it how they did, but I wasn't. I didn't think this game, that game would be, you know, terribly close. I didn't think it would be as high scoring for Georgia. I didn't think it would be that, but yeah, I didn't think necessarily Kentucky would, you know, win the game or, you know, Right, like
0: uh, and, and Kentucky was 5-0 going into that game. But here's the wins. I mean, they beat Ball State. They beat Eastern Kentucky and actually struggled in that game. They beat Akron. They won at Vanderbilt. And then they beat Florida. So Kentucky's win over Florida and Missouri's win over Kansas State, I would say, are probably similar wins, right? Maybe Missouri's win over Kansas State's a little better?
2: To me, because we're waiting – I I think it's just too flip-floppy with the SEC when it comes to rankings because everybody watches the SEC. And when Florida got destroyed by Utah, we were saying it's the worst ever. Then they beat Tennessee, and now they're ranked. So I I don't get it. You know, it's just because every I feel like it's because a lot of people watch a lot more SEC football. But that's part of my four-down territory tomorrow, just talking about the AP Top 25 and how stupid I think it is of all rankings (laughs) because we can't. We can't all watch every game. We can't evaluate everything. So, to put one team above this because of you know a loss to a team that they didn't directly face, I don't know. I think it's yeah. it's crazy.
0: But I, I guess my bigger point is Kentucky's had a pretty similar season to Mizzou. Now Mizzou's loss is better because it wasn't by thirty-eight points, you mm-hmm. know. But but these teams, man, I feel like I feel like if these teams play ten times, they're probably going five and five. One of them might go six and four.
2: You're talking about the LSU game, Mizzou
0: and Can- Mizzou and Kentucky. Oh,
2: Kentucky. oh uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's that sounds about right. Not gonna lie. I, the only time I had seen any really anything really of the Kentucky game was when they were playing Vandy because I was trying to watch stuff on Vandy. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've got to I've, I've got to see. Not ready to make a prediction on it yet, but that sounds about right. right.
0: Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh let's run through and hit up some of these questions. If you guys have them, uh still throw them out there, but but want to run through and hit up some of the stuff you guys have already posted. Uh is Cook the better quarterback in the remaining games? If not, how many quarterbacks would you take over him? So let's just let's just run through Missouri's schedule. Do you take Cook or Devin Leary?
2: I'll take I'll take Cook. I would too. He's got the he's got the receivers that I, I mean, if, like. he's got Luther Bergen.
0: At the beginning of the he, year, I think most people would have said I would You'd take Devin Leary. Leary, but I'd take Cook now. Yeah. All right, Cook or Spencer Rattler? Cook. <laughs> I. Agree. Cook. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler is like I think if he plays his best,
2: he can. He's he's a maybe pre, he's maybe you take Rattler. But their offensive line, I just yeah. got the, the North Carolina game in my head when he got sacked like nine times,
0: something like that. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's just so up and down. Um. All right, Cook or Carson Beck from Georgia?
2: I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen much of Carson. I haven't got to see much Georgia, so I'm not going to – I wouldn't know. I know he played well last game, but he's got the weapons for it. I, I don't know.
0: Right. I, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of hard to separate. I mean, I'll take the guy that's throwing to Brock Bowers, please. You know, and I mean, I know Missouri's got Luther and and obviously he's having a hell of a year, but Georgia has a lot of guys. I, I heard earlier today, Georgia's got the number one pass offense in the country, which is crazy. Really? I, yeah, I would not have expected that. Um, So, I mean, it's kind of hard to say that that Carson Beck is 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 not very good. Um, All right. So the, the next game then I think is uh, is I don't know. Tennessee,
2: Spurs, maybe Brady Cook or Graham Mertz. Uh, a oh, Brady Cook, but I think that game is, I think that's I think, the second to last game, the Florida game. I think Tennessee may be after Georgia.
0: Okay. Tonight. Well, I, I picked Florida's quarterback first. So, Brady Cook or Graham Mertz, who are you going? I'm going Brady Cook. Yeah. First Brady time. Cook or Joe Milton? Uh,
2: I still haven't really seen, I haven't seen too much of Tennessee. I'll go Cook, though. I, I've been impressed.
0: Yeah, I I would go Cook based on the way he's played. I mean, Joe Milton can throw a ball through a brick wall, but you know, <laughs> I'm not sure he's a good I'm not sure he's a good quarterback. And then Brady Cook or KJ Jefferson. I'm gonna go KJ Jefferson.
2: Now, here's the thing, here's what I'm about to say about KJ. I feel like <laughs> when Drake was talking about him last year, he had a, a player crush. He was just like yeah. KJ is that guy, basically. And, and he is. And toe-to-toe. Probably KJ, but who do I like better with their team and their weapons? I'm going Brady on that. But right. KJ, in a kind of a different way, can kind of take over a game in a way that Jaden Daniels can. It's much different, though, because he's a power back. He's, a, I mean, a power style of power runner, runner yeah. and his arm is also a cannon. Um, KJ, one on one, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think Missouri is a better team, but you just asked For me sure. which quarterback I'm picking in a draft. Yeah. I take I take KJ yeah. in that yeah. one. Um, Nick says, I think Mizzou beats Kentucky. The only worry is perhaps a loss of confidence from Brady after a couple of picks. Could it be? I mean, I guess it could be an issue, but, like, you play quarterback, you understand it's going to happen sometimes. Man.
2: Look, oh, man, this is, yeah, right on my alley. Okay, guys. So... You shouldn't have that much of a loss of confidence in Brady. The first one, the first interception, that was a bad interception. Harold Perkins had the inside leverage on on Burden, however that was supposed to be, and Then there was a safety right behind him. So even if Luther could have contested for that catch, it would have been hard. He would have been in double coverage, and there would have been six hands up for the ball. I don't like that. But we've already forgotten that he's went, what, 11 games without a turnover? Like that's how quick it is. Your confidence is that that fast because first is LSU, he made one bad play in the second one. No pick six is ever good, but he had just lost, you know, that they had that big fumble and they're trying to come back from three down in 45 seconds. He was forcing the ball trying to make a play. Again, it wasn't good, but I'm not I can't hold that the same way as I do the first one.
0: Right. the The only people that the second interception really mattered to were the people that had money on the game.
2: Right. Yeah. I I can't hold that over him trying to force something in your from your. He was throwing the ball from his end zone, by the way. Like, right. It, it is what it is.
0: Yeah. I, I wasn't too worried about that one. I mean, it was a nice play by Major Burns too. Uh, can the can the line stop the Kentucky running back? So Ray Davis is. I think he's leading the SEC in rushing, right?
2: think he may be the new leader after what he did in week four, but I haven't seen today. But he's definitely – he's got to be no lower than third. But I think he's probably first, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I
0: mean, yeah. they've been good against the run until last week, and they weren't very good against it last week.
2: That's the – this is why this is a good uh, question from Tad, as far as, like, they were eighth in run defense coming into the LSU game. LSU is just, I think they were 30th coming into that game and run offense, And so they weren't no slouch in the run game, but that wasn't what they were trying to beat Missouri with. And that's exactly what beat Missouri. If you think about it, they had more rushing yards than passing yards. Jaden Daniels being able to break contain that hurt not being able to tackle also hurt. So um, that's a, that's a good question. As far as like, can, can they stop Ray Davis? It's going to be hard, but I don't remember Ray Davis having a, A Super game last year when he was with Vandy. Obviously, that's playing behind Vandy's line. That's different, but I don't remember him going too wild in that game. Yeah.
0: um, (laughs) You know, Kentucky's offense has not been special. Um, You know, but but Davis is having a good year. Obviously, ran wild against Florida. Uh, Missouri better stop them, Um, you know, because you can't let a dude run for 250 like Florida did. Uh, Nick says the real question, can the Pass defense stopped Devin Leary. I mean, that Kentucky passing game has not gotten going, man. Leary has not had a good year so far.
2: Even I, again, I'm not worried about the corners. And even though Chris, uh, Chris Abrams Rain didn't, have, Chris didn't have the game I thought he did. He had he allowed four receptions for I think it was like 58 yards, and they counted that touchdown. At least PFF did. They, they counted that touchdown to Malik Neighbors on him. Um, although drink was kind of more leaning towards it was on Dalen Carnell. It just looked like a bad communication everywhere. So you can blame that on whoever you want, but I'm not worried about the corners. They're okay. Yeah. We've been talking about it for like two or three weeks now, these safeties. That's, that's what you should be worried about. They're, they're just getting cooked in coverage. That's really as simple as I can put it. So it's to be determined.
0: So let me, uh, Let me throw this out there because I wrote a little bit about it this morning. I think the biggest difference in the defense we've seen versus the defense we thought we might see has been the linebacker play because I feel like Missouri got elite linebacker play last year. I feel like it's been okay this year, but it has not been nearly as good. Tyron Hopper has not been nearly as good as he was last year, and Chad Bailey has not been healthy and since he got healthy, has not been. I feel like as good as he was last year.
2: I disagree with the Chad Bailey. Part I think Chad has actually been good in the snaps he's had. You know, kind of getting his legs back under him. He played well versus Vandy. Um, he played well versus Memphis. I think he's been all right. He's getting it back, but there's limitations with, with him in pass coverage. That's that's a problem. Um, drinks that early this week. He's still kind of just getting back to the physicality and all that good stuff that comes with, you know, being out on the field, basically missing all the fall camp besides, you know, limited activity. Tyron Hopper is, yeah, for him, I've seen him miss too many tackles. There's been at least two or three games where he's leading the team and missed tackles. That's something. Um, And while I don't think he's, it's not the worst linebacker in coverage, that's not really, you wouldn't love him in coverage. So if you get a good tight end, who can do something? You know that may be a problem. Um, I think, to me, part of the problem is they're getting pressure, but they're not. They're not getting the sacks, or they're getting in the backfield for TFLs, and they're not making the tackles. Like that, starting to become a thing a little bit. And last week, uh, I think they only had thirteen pressures. You gotta, you gotta have more. You gotta have more, especially with a quarterback like Jaden Daniels. Luckily for them, they don't play a Jaden Daniels every week, but you've got to get more and you gotta have more than two sacks.
0: Yeah. I I looked up the the numbers. I was kind of surprised because we've talked a lot about the defensive ends. The production from mm-hmm. that position actually isn't down that much. Right. But man, their tackles aren't they're not doing anything to be disruptive. They're they're not getting in the backfield much. They have one and a half sacks from the interior. It's all from realist George. And I think they have like five tackles for loss from a defensive tackle position.
2: Yeah, as far as creating uh, pressures up the middle on passing plays, no. But we've seen it. Like we've seen it during Memphis. And I've seen it again versus Vandy with Josh Landry getting in the backfield. But it's like once they get there, it's like sometimes it feels like they're surprised that they got there. <laughs> And, and, and the tackle doesn't happen once they get there. I've seen them get back there, but they've got to be able to tackle. And it feels like this is a year and a half, basically, of this being an issue as far as them like not being a great tackling team.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like Josh Landry's had a good year. Realist George has mm-hmm. had a good year. I don't feel like I've really noticed Christian Williams or Jaden Jernigan in a game
2: no um i think christian williams did have five tackles this last game though um i think he had another okay game a, a week or two ago where he, he was able to get a little bit of pressure but yeah they've been quiet and obviously these two realists and josh those guys were not the starters really and now you've kind of seen them kind of get just a little bit more steps take some of those some of that starting roles i mean it doesn't matter too much in this rotation but still it's it's a change so maybe a little bit disappointed from the defensive tackles.
0: I think Tyler McCoy has unlocked the secret. Johnny Walker needs to not get ejected in games going forward. That, that, that'd that be a positive, I think.
2: I mean, you that's just something you can't have. I didn't see the first personal foul because, honestly, the first personal foul, he had to get helped off the field for a little bit. He needed right. – like, I didn't see what happened, but they I heard it was kicking or stepping on someone. But, man, that hot mic going off a, – a, for the stadium and the whole country to hear, you know, watching TV because he spit on another guy. Yeah, that is not, good, not, man. that is not what you what you want. And the thing is, he just seems so nice. I understand playing football differently yeah. when you when you hear that, it's just like, oh, that's not good.
0: So so here's an interesting question: which switch would you make first? Marvin Burks over Joseph Charleston or Brett Norfleet over Tyler
2: Stevens? Well, because I wrote about this one on my column, tomorrow, Northfleet over Stevens, you Absolutely. gotta stop. You've got to stop it, man. I, mean, I was when we he caught the reception for 20 yards and it just looked so hard to take him down. You just everybody was in the in the press box thinking, well, good for Tyler Stevens. Look at yeah. you making plays out here. He's almost got his his numbers from last year. He had five for 54 and a touchdown last year. He's at five for 49 this year. It looked like a great start to the game. Then he dropped four passes. And then you said, mm. like, after the after he dropped the second one, he dropped the second pass, it was like, okay. But then they gave it back to him the next play, and he dropped another one. And then we said, nah. Because I think at that point, Brett Northfleet had already scored a touchdown. He's already your leading receiver at tight end. He's a four-star guy. When you look at his high school tape, he looked like he was almost, you know, as good, if not a better blocker than receiver. So why is he not in the game? Why do you not have a reliable receiver at that position? Doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah. Uh Magic Man asks, where's Graciel, Wesselek, and Montgomery? Look, Missouri's five and one, man. I, I mean they're they're playing pretty well. I I don't think that I don't think they're great, huge, glaring problems that have to be fixed. And I don't know that those three guys are the the answer to anything.
2: Listen, I know we just talked about how the defensive line and stuff is doing, but to Gabe's point, they're five and one. making stuff shake there i think we're more so talking about compared to last year and what our expectations of the defense were this year you know it's subpar it's not where you know most people thought it'd be but it's not in dire straits it's not to the point where they've got these guys they're still developing yeah and and also that i hear about dj west like every week seems like austin firestone has took whatever position y'all thought could have been for dj They really are liking Austin Firestone because he went from a practice squad guy that I was told numerous times is not ready and may not even see the field to making plays to close out the games like versus Van.
0: Yeah, he got a sack and and he's picked up. He got the the only
2: sack of the game.
0: Okay. David's asking him if Miller will be back. We don't know yet. But, like, I think it's worth noting I kind of had forgotten, like, They did what they did last week without Makai Miller even playing. I mean, this passing game is it's clicking.
2: Yeah, it's it is clicking. Again, we talked about Mookie Cooper and how it's good to see him kind of on a consistent basis, basis, be able to do what he's doing. Theo, he's doing what he's doing. Um, What Drake did say last week that he thinks part of the third down struggles is because Makai is not there. You know, he's the third and Bannister new guy trying to you know take that to new heights. And he gives them a lot of stuff, so that is a person they do want to add. But, again, head injuries are different for everybody, so we we don't.
0: Yeah. Uh, is Rakes Driver going to get healthy? That that was something else I, I didn't realize until I did snap mm-hmm. counts, that Ennis only played 30 snaps in that game. Drayden Orwood actually played more. And I'll say this, man. Drayden Orwood has played pretty well this year.
2: Yeah, Drayden, Drayden's been solid. He's doing what Drink told me at SEC Media Days that – he needs to spell K A D or Ennis for any reason. They feel comfortable with him out there. Um, Ennis was the best defender on the field as far as the PFF grades go when he was out there. Um, he had a—I don't think—Drink told us as, as far as what maybe nagging injury he may have um, yeah. that's bothering him. But um, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just some, some load management. Maybe um, and they again they feel comfortable with Drayden to put Drayden out there when they when he needs a break. Yeah.
0: Um, how do you feel about Robertson and Jones as the next running back duo? I don't know. I haven't seen either well, of them on the field. Thank I don't know yeah. what I could think about
2: them. I can't. I can't. It's great to tell you everything we see in fall camp and, sim- and simulated things and all that stuff, but if they don't touch, see the field, it's hard to say. And it's also hard to say when Cody Schrader the last few weeks, I mean. He's been good. I, I know you guys want to see the the, the prospects, but if he's – out there, balling out there, and he's got with three 100 yard games, and he's fighting through quad contusions, and still putting up three touchdowns. There's nothing, yeah, nothing's gonna change.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as it, he's the guy. I mean, it, look, drink has drink has shown in his time here. By about game four, he picks a running back, and he' gonna ride that dude till that dude can't run anymore. And that guy's Cody Schrader. And I can't even complain about it this year. I mean, he's he's played well. He's 650 yards in six games, I think. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, and,
2: and what's crazy is, again, playing through that quad contusion, having three touchdowns, having over 100 yards. Nate Pete, uh, I think he only had two carries for nine. Oh, somebody just brought it up. Uh, Daniel asked, where was Pete? Nine yards. I know Cody had a good game, but still, I was also thinking Nate Pete should have been a little bit more involved, especially if you know you got the contusion in, the quad contusion. But – Drink has said on numerous times. He's going to ride the hot hand. So the hot hand is a little banged up, but he can still go. So we obviously see with Brady Cook and, and Cody, that's exactly what you're going to see.
0: Absolutely. So um, you guys had some people asking for predictions and stuff. We'll do that later in the week. Uh, we're going to have a, a show on Thursday afternoon uh, where we we kind of do a little more Kentucky stuff um, and and have one of our guys that covers Kentucky on. Uh, but just just kind of want to catch up, get you some recruiting information. Uh Gerard's got four down territory tomorrow. Um Eli Drinkwitz talks tomorrow. I don't really think there's any like big pressing issues. I don't know. We'll just go and see what he says.
2: Well, I think there are some issues. Is he going to tell us? <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll see.
0: Right. But I mean, there's there's like, you know, there's there's nothing that that comes to my mind that like hey this got to get answered or anything like that immediately uh, we'll see we'll see what happens tomorrow i guess see what he has to say see what kind of mood he's in
2: yeah yeah
0: all right so guys I appreciate you uh hanging out with us uh like comment share subscribe do all those things that all the grown-up youtubers or at least professional youtubers ask you to do uh, if you're listening on the podcast, share it on social media, leave a uh, a nice word. And don't forget to support our friend James Carlton at James Carlton State Farm in Webster Groves, Missouri. If you live in Missouri or Illinois, he can take care of all your insurance needs, car insurance, home insurance, whatever you need. Get in touch with him by phone at 314-961-4800. Tell him you heard about his uh, agency here on Power Mizzou on our shows, and he's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL collective, and he's also going to do his best to get you a good deal on insurance. So appreciate you all hanging out. Uh, We'll be back here later on this week on Thursday, but we had like eight stories today, and it's crossover season, busy time of year. So stay tuned. Plenty coming on the site. Thanks for joining.